This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, episode 204-inch. On this episode, we continue our interview with Dan Butts, the production designer behind many of Weird Al's projects, including Weird the Al Yankovic Story. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Hello again, Ethan. Oh, hey, Dave. I hope you're excited for this episode. I sure am. I'm so excited for this episode. Not only is it the continuation of our interview with Dan Butts, but also because episode 204 inch means we finally reached the 17 foot mark on our journey to release 166 and two thirds feet worth of episodes. Wow. I didn't think this day would ever come. Well, thank you for everyone for sticking with us for 17 feet, but also thank you for the nice notes and comments that came in about part one of our interview with Dan Butts. Well, we've got a lot of interview left to go, so let's check out what's happening in Weird Al Related News. This Sunday, August 27th, marks the five-year anniversary of Weird Al getting his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I remember that day so well, standing in front of 6914 Hollywood Boulevard, watching Weird Al get the 2,643rd star. What a pretty stinking majestic day that was. So pretty stinking majestic. It just brings me so much joy every time I'm in the area and I can visit that wonderful star and and clean it and get on my hands and knees with a toothbrush. Oh, it's just wonderful. And I love how it brings Weird Al fans from all over the globe together whenever they visit the Walk of Fame. I can't believe that it's been five entire years and that happened before we had the podcast. So, so much has changed, yet so much is the same. We all still love Weird Al so much. From all of us here at David Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast, congratulations to Weird Al and his Hollywood star on their fifth anniversary. And from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, a big thank you to Dave and Vicky for orchestrating the whole thing and all the fans and supporters that helped get Al that star. Hey, Ethan, would you mind covering the rest of what's happening in Weird Al-related news? There's this first-generation Bob Denver-themed Beanie Baby ending on eBay soon, and I really, really need this one in order to complete my Gilligan's Island plush collection. Say no more, Dave. I got it covered. All right, with Dave gone, now we can talk about all the stuff I've been dying to share all these years that he always vetoes. <laughs> all right, let's see. Oh, 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 gosh, yeah. Okay, he, he was right to veto that one. What was I thinking? I, I mean, what was intern Frank thinking? Sheesh. All right, let's get to more Weird Al-related news. Our longtime friend and supporter Blair Freeman let us know that Weird Al made an appearance on NPR this past weekend. Well, sort of. On This American Life, episode 808, The Rest of the Story, they played a chunk of Weird the Al Yankovic Story's Now You Know song at the end of the episode, including that first fake-out ending. How apropos! Now, longtime friend and supporter Mike Minnick let us know about something quite awesome on... X, you know, the social media formerly known as Twitter, posted by at Funny or Die. Over the span of 29 posts, they told the story of the making of Weird the Al Yankovic story. 
It's quite a fun read, and this episode's guest, Dan Butts, even gets a shout-out in two of the posts. That's like nearly 7% of them. Now, somehow, they did forget to mention the most important cameos of all, Dave and me, but I guess we can just blame that on the social network's limit of 280 characters, which, over 29 posts, is only 8,120 characters. Okay, yeah, they definitely could have mentioned us. You will definitely enjoy reading this story, and if for some reason that social network has completely collapsed and is no longer accessible by some highly likely chance, we've got some screenshots, so just let us know. Now, coming up this weekend, there will be an event called Iconathon Legends of the Silver Screen in Belleville, Illinois at the Skyview Drive-In Theater. Among such films as The Blob, King Kong, and Creatures from the Black Lagoon, they will also be screening Airplane, Blazing Saddles, and yes, UHF. Our friend and supporter, Jason McDonald, let us know that not only will they be selling posters at the event that feature the UHF logo, they'll also be selling Twinkie Wiener Sandwiches at the concession stand. Yum! Now that will be this Friday and Saturday, August 25th and 26th. For information and tickets, head over to skyview-drive-in.com. Wow, Illinois must be feeling pretty weird this month because last weekend, the Joliet Slammers baseball team in Joliet, Illinois, had Weird Al Night. But Dave and I weren't there, so I guess you'll never know what happened. Well, that sound means we've got a call on the 347 Spatula Hotline. The 347 Spatula Hotline is the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Well, all right, intern Frank, let's hear that message. Hey Dave, hey Ethan, it's Blair Freeman over in Illinois, and I just want to call to let you guys know that this past Sunday, August 20th, I attended Weird Al Night at the Joliet Slammers baseball game in Joliet, Illinois. Uh, luckily, it's about 20 minutes from my house, so figured I couldn't miss it. Uh, the Slammers are part of uh, an independent professional baseball league called the Frontier League, it's mostly in the Midwest and Northeast U.S. and some Canadian teams, too. But anyway, the bulk of the night featured mostly snippets of Al songs being played uh, in between the innings. Uh, not a whole lot else. They played stuff like Your Horoscope for Today, Amish Paradise, Spoil, Tacky, Canadian Idiot, eBay, Party in the CIA. They did have a trivia question. Not a contest, really. They just have a question that they then answer uh, later on in the evening. Sponsored by Snapple, but I'm sure you guys are dying to know the trivia question. Here it goes. I'm sure it'll stump you. What was Weird Al's first hit? Eat it, my bologna, or living with a hernia? I know. That, that's a doozy, isn't it? Um, I'm sure you Jeff is stumped, but if you want to know the answer, you can uh, message me later because I stuck around for the answer. Anyway, uh, after the game, they went ahead and played about seven songs of Al's in their entirety, Captain Underpants, Polka Face, Smell Like Nirvana, Lasagna. So pretty cool to hear uh, those songs cranked throughout the stadium, but uh, that's about it. No Twinkie Wiener sandwiches, no blueberry daiquiris or yankaritas at the concession stand, no polka bands, no Best Hawaiian Shirt Contest or anything. But it's still a pretty cool theme night for a pro sports team, and uh, the Slammers ended up beating the Florence Yalls 2 to nothing. so... Yeah, it was a, a fun night at Joliet Slammer Stadium in Joliet, and that's about it. All right, talk to you guys later. Wow, well, I stand corrected. As far as what happened at the baseball game, 
Now you know. Blair, thank you so much for the call and checking out the game and giving us this great report. Another spatula message? Oh, sheesh. Dave's going to be so bummed that he missed these calls. Maybe I just won't tell him. All right, let's hear this one, Frank. Hey, Dave and Ethan, this is Ron. I'm calm to let you know that I just posted a piece of my art on your Facebook page, and I hope you like it, and I hope your listeners like it as well. Thank you, and you all have a great day. Ron, thank you so much for this awesome artwork. There's a lot of fun little references to Weird Al and our podcast all mixed in, so definitely head over to group.2000inch.com to check it out in all its glory. And get this, Ron also made another whole half of the drawing featuring our friends from the Beard Al podcast. What a neat and long overdue crossover. Head over to the Beard Al Facebook page to check out their half of Ron's drawing. Super cool. All right, I'm back. Oh, and just in time for this episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito, home of the two pound double wrapped in a quesadilla, Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit BurritoSquare.com and WizardBurger.com and order ahead. Well, glad you were able to come back, Dave. Hope that eBay auction went well. And maybe I'll have better luck next time. On behalf of Dave and Ethan's 2000s Weird Al podcast, we'd like to share the following message in advance of our interview with Weird Al Yankovic Story production designer Dan Butts amid the current Hollywood strikes. We have not been contacted by Roku or by anyone requesting promotion to the film Weird Al Yankovic Story of any kind. We want to state that while we are discussing the film Weird Al Yankovic Story, we are in no way promoting the film nor showing support for film studios that do not support the writers and actors currently on strike. The intention of this podcast is to create an entertaining archive of information about Weird Al and his career, life, and supporters for both entertainment and informational purposes. Dave and Ethan's 2000's Weird Al podcast supports the WGA and SAG and all creatives in the film industry and beyond. On our last episode, we kicked off our interview with Dan Butts, production designer behind numerous Weird Al projects, including Weird the Al Yankovic Story. So let's pick up the interview where we left off last episode. Yeah, I don't really, I've never really come across something where people haven't been Al fans. Right. <laughs> how are you, a, how, how can someone be in a creative industry and not at least like Al, you know? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. It's like people that would like him, I wouldn't want to work with. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great like litmus test of like, uh, <laughs> are we going to get along? <laughs> so Dan, I believe the next thing that you worked on with Weird Al was this YouTube series uh, Nerdist called Face to Face, where Weird Al has a whole bunch of fake interviews with a whole bunch of <laughs> celebrities. Yeah, that's true. That aired from April to August of 2012. Yeah, that is uh that is true. That was that was super fun. It was it was it's funny cuz it it's really I I've seen some of those recently and they still make me laugh. Um, yes. it's, such a, it's such a great idea. Oh, they're hilarious. <laughs> it's so genius like to take tape and then like, you know, and it was it was it was challenging on on our part, the art department, just because you have to match the reverse of whatever it is. You have to imagine right. like what would that look like, right? Um, 
but it was funny because I'd had like I'd had a ton of experience with that because I did that for the um, I used to do the Oscar openings with um, Billy Crystal where we would cut Billy Crystal into different movies. Oh, oh cool. cool, nice. Um, and so yeah. it was kind of like my jam at that point. I'm like, oh, I'm the I'm the matchet guy. <laughs> um, and so uh, so those are really fun. But like some of them were like so weird. You're like, well, OK, that's a warehouse. But like, what would his side? What would that side of the warehouse look like? And we have like eight feet behind Al. So how's that going to work? Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, we uh, <laughs> we did make it work. A little weird piece of trivia for you from that show is. Um, the desk that we built for uh, the host segments of that, you know, where he like talks yes. to the uh, talks to the audience. Yeah. Um, that desk that we built, um, we later, I think to save money, we gave it to a prop house that we owed money to or something like that. And then we rented that same desk is the same desk for foil. I thought it looked familiar because <laughs> oh, wow. I, I watched yeah. those back to back recently and I was like, that looks very similar. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Bam. <laughs> that's funny. I was thinking the same thing as I was watching a couple episodes of face to face and foil. I was like, I wonder if that's the same desk. Same yeah, I couldn't be. <laughs> we, I think we even got a deal. Cause I was like, Hey, uh, you know, we gave you this desk before. <laughs> and we just kind of want to use it again. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. You know, in rewatching Face to Face, I wasn't sure if some of those backgrounds were green screen. Were all of them literal backgrounds? I'd have to look, but I, I, I don't know. I know we built a lot of them. There might be some that are green screen, but I remember building a lot of them. But that we could have done green screen, which that wouldn't surprise me. Now there there weren't really a whole lot of props in that show, but there there were a handful of things. Did you do anything with those, like the karaoke machine or getting the Dunkin' Donuts box or you know anything like that? Oh yeah, we would have done. We would have gotten all of that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I, I remember it was funny because we had like the background was like kind of like a little cityscape of L.A. back there. We had some iconic buildings and things of things we had kind of carved. Um, right. And I remember I held on to that background thing for ever i was like this has oh, got to cool. be used for something else and then <laughs> um it just ended up deteriorating every year or something i don't think even al would have wanted it yeah <laughs> but dave and i would have wanted it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> The series is still up on YouTube, but Al has, from time to time, used uh, clips from this face-to-face in his live shows when he was doing costume changes. You know, he would put up some of these little funny videos for uh, <laughs> in between for the audience. So they, they do get a lot of, uh, of views, yes. uh, both on YouTube and, and in, in uh, at concerts as well. They should. They're so smart. They're so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. Well, we talked about the counter for foil. Do you, what can you tell us about the foil music video? Um, it was uh, it was fun. It was it was uh, it was tight. I think it was like I kind of don't even think Jay. I, I know Jay would Levy was obviously involved, but like I think it was produced by like I want to say College Humor, um, which was fairly new at that time. And I so it I remember we had like no money. Um, obviously why, why I got the <laughs> face to face desk. Um, 
But I know, <laughs> I know rewatching it, it like, it, it pains me to watch it. Cause I was like, ow, Oh God, that looks bad. Um, like when they cut away to him in the restaurant, it kills me cause it's so underdressed and just not the greatest job on my, my part. Um, but I do still love, I love the, the logo, um, that they did. It's like, keep it cooking. Yeah. Now we're cooking. Now, now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Our, um, my, uh, graphic artist, Lori West, who is a genius. Um, she created that. Um, she's also a massive Al fan and actually did a bunch of the graphics on weird, including the cherub with Daniel <laughs> face on it. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> and she, it's so funny cause she's so fancy. She like, she did like mank, you know, which won like the Academy award for, uh, best production design. Um, but she'll still work on my stuff because we get to work with fun people. Like that. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that was my, my favorite part of the foil thing was her graphic thing. And I, I, it was just a fun video to yeah. do also because Patton was there and, um, who else was there? It's Tom Lennon. Tom uh, Lemon. Yeah, that's right. Tom yeah. Lennon. Ben Grant. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it was great. And then later, uh, Al had asked me to do um, like a tour version of the of the desk, like a much smaller, like portable version of the um, of the counter that we had done. So, um that was fun because we'd never actually done a tour thing before. Um, but it was crazy because we were doing, we're right in the middle of doing um, this Pee Wee Herman movie called Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Oh, and wow. so we were crazy busy because um, that job was nutballs. Um, <laughs> so, but, but my, my carpenters were also like Al fans and actually had worked on a lot of the, um, the things before, like it was the same carpenters, that I think it built the original desk for face to face. Okay. <laughs> um, so we would work after hours, like we would get finished working on Peewee, you know, like, you know, six, seven at night. And then we'd work for another like six hours, um, putting together the counter for wow. the, uh, the tour. Oh, wow. Um, but it was fun. It was fun to like see it in footage being like, Oh, hey, there's a little counter. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to see any of the shows with the counter you built on stage? I didn't. I've seen many of his shows, but I think um, I don't think I've seen I've seen one where he did foil. Have you built any other tour props for Weird Al, or is it just the, uh, the no, theme? no? I think it was just that he doesn't. I mean, I I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of his. You've seen a lot more of his concerts, but um, they didn't seem super prop uh, set heavy, right? Yeah, definitely more in the uh, costume department. Yeah. 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 Because I know when we did Weird, uh, you know, I was like, what should I do for Amish Paradise? Um, And I was like, I wonder what he did in concert. And I was like, I didn't really see any big kind of major set pieces. So I kind of had I came up with my own thing for uh, (laughs) for our film. Yep. <laughs> you briefly mentioned the working with Pee Wee Herman and you know, I think we need to chat about that briefly. What what can you tell us about working with him and working on that film? Oh, it was I mean, it was such a joy. It was like yeah. uh, you know, I was a huge Pee Wee fan, um, as most people were, especially especially most people that are 
art department inspired. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's just such a visual world. Um, so that was like, that was a, that was a dream. It was super fun. Um, he was great. He was, he was very involved. Um, you know, would come in and give notes. I'm like, it should be this and not that. And, but, um, they, they kind of let us do what we wanted, which is kind of insane. Um, like at one point early on, we were talking about the opening of the movie and I said, you know what we should do? We should do like a life aquatic thing, like a Wes Anderson thing where we like cut his house in half and we do a cutaway of the house. And then like we show him going through his day and, um, and they were like, okay. <laughs> I was like, did you say okay? Like, that's a massive, from an art department standpoint, it's a massive bill. Right. Like, a huge stage. And I'm like, I'm like, surely this is going to go away. And um, we started getting closer and closer, and we actually, they let us do it. Um, wow. So it was super fun. Oh, it's cool. amazing, like, the power that Paul had. Like, um, you know, they just, you know, no one was going to say no to him. It was his project. And, um, you know, Judd Apatow was like super supportive and, um, and Netflix was as well. So it like, it just, it was great. We got to kind of do it the way we wanted to do it. And, um, yeah, it was so, so fun. So creative. You didn't need to get any, uh, door peepholes for that one. I'm guessing. No, no. <laughs> had some money. behind it. <laughs> it was, it was so weird. Cause you know, you get so used to working like in a scrappy way, you know, you're like, well, we could do it like this. And they're like, why would you do that? I was like, oh, oh, so we could do it. We could do it the real way. <laughs> go, All right. Okay. We'll do it that way then. Um, but yeah, that was, it was, it was wild to be like, cause I know, I remember when I did that, people were like, so you work with Weird Al, Weird Al and Pee Wee. <laughs> like, like, I know. Because it was kind of crazy. Like, yeah. two icons from the same time. Yeah, period. two comedy icons. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. I mean, if if we look at your career, like, you know, the Thanos Infinity Gauntlet, you, you pretty much have all the stones at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, yeah. It's been nice. I've been very lucky to work on some really cool, fun, funny things. It's it's so much fun to work on comedy because it's just every day is hilarious. So if it's good, if it's good comedy. Now, obviously, both Al and Paul or Pee Wee are, are two incredible comedy minds. How would you compare the way that they worked uh, having worked with both of them? Well, I don't know. It's interesting. I think, um, well, Al has you know also a director's mind so he knows how to direct and directs very well um whereas um paul was very very much about protecting the character of peewee you know he's cultivated this character for years and years um Mm. so he was very um he would kind of you know just allow the director to kind of do his thing Uh, i mean i'm it's an old story, but, um, you know, he's the one that championed Tim Burton to do, uh, his first film. And that's the reason why Tim Burton got it was because Pee Wee, you know, allowed him to do it. Um, so it's just kind of different. I think like, 
Paul wouldn't get so much into the details of the filmmaking of it all, um, whereas uh, Al knows that world uh, probably better and just um, mm-hmm. is kind of more in into that. Not that he ever like he would never intrude on um, Eric when he was directing. Like none of that ever happened. But um, I don't know. They're just kind of different in that sense. Like um, Paul was just really about. Uh, what would Pee-wee do in this scenario? What would Pee-wee's, hmm. um, what would this room look like? How would he react to this? You know, that kind of thing. So it was more about protecting the character. Whereas, um, you know, Al kind of, he kind of is involved in, in all of it. For yeah. Thing. But they're both like, I mean, both crazy professionals, like amazing collaborators, like just the greatest people you could work with. I've been very, very lucky oh, yeah. in that way. Yeah. That's so cool. Now, I guess while we're taking a little bit of a detour, I want to squeeze in a couple non weird Al things. Although I can make them weird Al related, but first up, I want to ask you, you worked on one of my all time favorite shows, Mr. Show with Bob and David. What, what did you do on Mr. Show? So, um, I came in on season three. Um, and back then it was called the titles were different. I think they called me like location art director um, because that was a strange show. And that, you know, as you know, like it had a stage portion and then it had like um, interstitials and other things that happened like filmed segments. Right. Right. So I would do all the filmed segments. So um, when there were fake, fake commercials and things, I would do those. Um, <laughs> I did this super fun set called Drugachusetts. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That was just a blast. <laughs> to, um, it was basically like, you know, the Sid and Marty Croft show that um, <laughs> got kicked back because it had, it actually had too many uh, drug references in it. Um, like HR puff and stuff wasn't enough. Um, uh, so yeah, that would, that, it was, uh, it was, a, that was a super hard show to do. Cause it was, um, I think my art department was, I think there were three of us. I think, um, it was, um, me and this guy, Doug and Bruce, and we would do it all. Like they would pick up the props and we'd come and dress them. And I remember I would work literally almost every night, all night fabricating some sort of prop that like. Bob and David had probably come up with that day. <laughs> um, you know, it'd be like, let's have an award, but it's shaped like a derby hat and it should be gold and it should be on the base. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, it's f- <gasps> seven o'clock at night. You're just going to shoot at eight in the morning. Um, oh, man. But, uh, but it was so fun because the show was so, they were so smart and yeah. so funny. And just to like be in the room and like, you know, they're fighting about like, what's more funny, an eggplant or a banana, you know, and and they would get like, so into it. David be like, well, of course it's a eggplant, you idiot. No, it's a banana. And, you know, and literally they would squabble and you're like, this is the best room to be in right now. Um, So it was, and it was just, it was great to be a part of something so amazing. Um, you know, you just it's just the crazy things you got to make. And then watching it later, you're like, wow, that's cool. I actually did something on that. <laughs> and it's funny later because uh, the 
this happens a lot in my industry where like if you look back at it from an art department standpoint like the sets aren't great like you know like we had no money and like no time but people have such a fond memory of the show um that you get like included in that which is great they're like oh you worked on mr show awesome you should do our show and i'm like did you look at the sets because <laughs> i'm not proud of them but um but it's you know it's the thing it's like after a while you're like oh okay well you work on quality stuff so obviously someone trusts you to do that so <laughs> we'll try to um but yeah that was a that was hard it was a blast but it was hard i think it was season four there is a parody of weird al where bob odenkirk is dressed as daffy mal yankle yankle uh were you involved in that at all no i don't that was not my season i don't think okay uh, i would have remembered that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well obviously yeah they're i, mean, I was gonna say they're fans of Al yeah as oh yeah well. oh yeah, yeah um i actually made a huge pitch to have david cross be demento in the movie oh i bet he would have done great oh oh i think it would have been amazing and i know i know david was a, a fan of alan and a fan of dr demento but um i think it was kind of our it was already kind of figured out by that point, yeah unfortunately but oh that would have been um, cool though yeah would have been great <laughs> Not, not that our Dr. Demento was not great. He was great. No, Rain Wilson is incredible, but yeah. you know, it, yeah. it is interesting oh, to yeah, think about, yeah. you know, how the movie could have been different with if Patton did it or, you know, if, yeah. if Dave did it. I mean, it would have been awesome. Yeah. I made Mr. Show Weird Al related. <laughs> I'm talking about Daffy <laughs> Mel Yankle Yankle. Uh, before we get into Weird, I got to ask you about my other favorite show, Flight of the Concords, you worked on that. And of course, there is a little Weird Al mini cameo in there. So I'm wondering if you had anything to do with that. Um, I did. I didn't even think anyone noticed that. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's it's not much of a stretch to think that uh, the, the Concords were Al fans. Um, <laughs> since it's kind of their jam. And at one point uh, during season one... Um, we were talking about things that would be in their apartment and stuff. And I think, I think someone had pitched like, Oh, there would, ha- it'd be funny if they had some sort of um, parody magazine or something that was there. And um, I think Brett was like, Oh, you know, it'd be great to see if it was like weird Al on the cover. And we're like, <laughs> and then someone's like, well, there's, you know, and then like, Oh, it's too bad. We can't do that. Like we couldn't afford that. And uh, I was like, actually, I think we can do that. And they're like, how are we going to do that? We need permission and it's money and there's no way it's going to happen. And uh, I was like, well, I could ask them. And they were like, you literally saw their heads exploding at the same time. Like, you know, Weird Al? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, they're like, I mean, does he like go to your birthday parties and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, he actually goes to the birthday parties. Um, I mean, unless Drew Carey is having a birthday, because we share the same birthday. Um, uh, which has happened a few times. But um, So anyway, so it was awesome. So I did, I called Al, and he, of course, like he already knew them. And he's like, oh, those guys are great. Yeah, of course, whatever I need to do. And so we were able to build... Uh, the Weird Al magazine, which I think was also built by Lori West. Oh wow! Um, yeah, she's a 
she's my my through line she's my secret weapon it sounds like we need um, to have Lori on the show too <laughs> oh god that'd be amazing you should absolutely should um, sounds incredible so uh so yeah we did it and then it was it was uh it was great everybody was so happy um and then um it was hilarious because after we after we did season two um we came back and then um the Concords were doing a concert in LA somewhere downtown. Um, one of the older theaters, maybe the Broadway or something, but, um, they had, uh, offered me tickets to the show. And so I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to take Al. And so I called Al. I was like, you want to come see a, a Concord show? And he's like, he's like, yeah, that'd be super fun. He's like, I'd love to meet those guys. I was like, yeah, well, it's, it's fine. And, you know, we're there had a, like a, you know, uh, I don't know. We're meeting for drinks after the show or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's like, great. So we go and the way this theater is set up, it's like, it had these like overhanging balconies kind of like, um, you know, when Lincoln was shot, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't imagine. I can't think of what they're called now. I can you know totally picture about. it. Yeah. 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 So Alan and I are like in the front of one of those. So we can be seen by kind of everybody, which is, um, not great when you're Weird Al at a Flight of the Concords <laughs> concert, since it's, oh, it's basically yeah. the same. It's the same audience, yeah, <laughs> or very similar. Um, and so the opening act was Aziz Ansari, um, and he comes out and randomly he has an, a Weird Al joke. Um, oh wow! Not as it, not at his expense, obviously, because who would do that? but an evil person. Um, But it was something, it was a joke that involved Weird Al and the crowd like goes nuts. And, and Aziz like stops and goes, okay, wait, that joke was not that funny. (laughs) What's the deal? Is Al like here or something? And the whole lower audience points (laughs) to our booth. (laughs) So everyone can see you. (laughs) Yeah. And we're like, Oh, shit. And so, and so for the rest of the show, it was just a sea of people crawling next to our seats, trying to like say hi to Al while he's watching the show. Oh man. Oh, um, I, it was funny. Cause I felt like I was like, I acted like his, like, you know, his bodyguard. I was like, uh, uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll get this. And I would like try to shoot people away <laughs> as they crawled up. Um, but it was awesome because then afterward he got to, uh, he got to meet the guys we met at some you know restaurant nearby afterward, and um, it was cute seeing like the Concords who were kind of a big deal at that point, um, just turn into like mushy fan <laughs> fanboys. <laughs> it was so awesome. Oh, it was wow. like it was so great. They're like, oh my god, it's so amazing to meet you. This is a, like a magical experience, and uh, uh, it's the best thing that's ever happened to us. And uh, it was great. It was so fun. By the way, your New Zealand accent is impeccable. <laughs> oh, it, you, it, I, when I did the show, it used to be good. I used to be okay. Um, it's it's incredible. Now. It's incredible. My, you have the no, nuance. My, daughter, my my daughter's like, what is that British? Um, <laughs> no. Oh, um, well, I think it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, oh, wait. I actually thought of another weird Al intersection with another show I worked on. Oh, please, please. Oh, you may not. Yes. We'd love to hear it. Um, so I worked on a show that was also 
super flipping fun uh, for Netflix called Lady Dynamite. Oh yeah, uh, with Maria Bamford and um, uh, Pam Brady. Pam Brady was the showrunner and head writer, and um, uh, and actually Mitch Hurwitz actually helped create the show as well. But anyways, my uh, it was a super fun show, which is kind of bananas. Um, but uh, my uh, my office for the show. I, it was kind of, it was right next to the writer's room. And I think it was the second season we were working on and I, the door is always open. And so they could kind of hear us and we could hear them. And I heard the writers talk about like, Oh my God, who should we get to play this part and blah, blah, blah. And the part, I knew the part they were talking about cause I'd read the scripts and I just, I just walked in the office and I said, what about Weird Al? <laughs> and they were like if only we could get weird al <laughs> and i was like i go they're like he wouldn't be there's like there's no way he'd be into this and i was like i i i think he might i go you want me to ask and like once again they're like you can ask <laughs> i was like yeah give me a second <laughs> and sure enough like al's like That'd be super fun. Like he was a Maria Bamford fan, and yeah. as our mo- as our most comedians, um, Patton was on a show. There's like every comedian in the world was on that show, and so he was like super stoked to do it. And they were like over the moon that they got to work with him. It was so fun. <laughs> so cool. he came in. It was like a pretty juicy part. Um, uh, but yeah, that it, it was just it was a very fun intersection. I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, can I actually help Al? Like my, my, little art department guy. I could actually like get him a job. That's so fun. Oh, that is incredible um, though. Yeah, it was, that was, it was super cool. I mean, that's kind of how I think too. It's like anything that I see, I'm like, I wish Weird Al was on this. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, you want to work with like people you, you love and it's like, Oh my, like those people were so great. Like the writers and producers on that show were so amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Oh my God, you guys would love him. <laughs> it was like, and he would love you. You know what I mean? So it was like, perfect. You're like, let's get, let's get us all together. <laughs> perfect. Okay, cool. So you'll have to go back and watch and figure out what episode that was. I don't remember. Well, yeah, that the, the episode is called little Manila first aired November 10th, 2017. There you go. Season two, episode eight, for all of our collector and uh, obsessed fans <laughs> like us who are going to now seek this episode out and watch it on Netflix. It was my payback payback for f***ing <gasps> up the palindrome. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, there's something else that you've worked on with Al that we haven't really covered all that much yet, and it is this... No, I... No, I think that's it. Is it? Okay. It. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what did we say? Foil? Yeah. No, I think that's it. <laughs> so there's this little movie that was nominated for eight Emmys called Weird the Al Yankovic Story, and you are the production designer. Uh, you... Oh, that is right. That's right. Okay. Okay. That's right. Oh, that's... Oh, it's that Al that's about. Oh, okay. I wasn't... Sorry. Oh man, with that context, just think of how much more effective you could have been. Exactly. Damn. I thought it was a whole fiction piece. I should have really done some more research on that. So you told us you got the call, you came in, you started working on it instead of celebrating Christmas with your family. And yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> I mean, there's there's so much to talk about, and so I don't know. I guess just overall, what were you thinking when you got brought on? Were you already aware of the Funnier Die trailer? I was. I I I had seen that, but I saw it when it came out and did not ever think that um, it would be made into a feature film. I don't know why. It's such a great idea. <laughs> um, but it kind of hadn't hadn't really put that together. Um, so it did kind of come out of nowhere um, when Al called me. Um, but it was great because I had actually worked with I had worked with Eric. He, I was like, who's doing it? He was like, it's Eric Appel. Um, and I had actually randomly worked with him on a Fox show called making history. Um, so I knew him and, and liked him a lot. Um, and so it, it all made sense to me. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just a dream. I was like, I was like, what part of we, what part of the story are we taking it from? And it was like, you know, he told me, and I'm like, oh God, I, you know, it's great because I, <laughs> I knew it all, and I could just like dig deeper and and really get into it, and it was such a blast. I mean, I literally, I wish I had. Yeah, I think I told you like I learned about it before the holidays, so I could you know kind of get into my own research during that time. But I wish I had like another six months to right. like, <laughs> go even deeper because right. uh, yeah, you know, that part is so fun. And did you draw any inspiration from that original trailer as you started uh, your planning and your research? I did, but it was, you know, it was all like kind of expanding, um, you know, that world and like really getting into like, um, you know, where he came from. And it's funny because I, you know, having known him for so long, I knew his real history. <laughs> it right. was like, okay, like. What, right. part, what part are we keeping real and what part are we like kind of going off of? But like, you know, Eric was so great. Um, and our DP Ross was so amazing as well. Um, we talked, you know, early on about like the tone and we thought it would be really funny as if like, as if Linwood was like this old steel town, you know, like Pennsylvania <laughs> or something. So, right. you know, like Eric would like send me these clips. He's like, watch October sky. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> so we're like watching these like, you know, rough coal miners. Uh, and we're like, let's do it like that. Um, awesome. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And I guess before we really dive into the the scenes and and you know some of the specifics, where do you start with something like that? Like, how do you begin your planning? Are you sketching? Yeah, I mean, it's, you start with the script and you kind of I do like little sketches and I'll pull like references of like, um, you know, I think it, it, the thing should look like this or would be like this or whatever, and um you know, I would put like little PDFs together of like, you know, this is what I think would be a good vibe for the factory. And like, this is what I think the vibe of the house should be. And I think we should kind of go with these mm. tones and colors to kind of like make it seem depressed and, you know, things like that. Um, and, you know, it's like, I think Madonna, you know, the mansion where Madonna comes and visits him when he's <laughs> finally, it should be like a really new money, like, gaudy like horrible mansion that we all know from the yeah, 80s yeah. um and so it's a lot of that and like but um we had a really great communication between all of us between al and eric and ross um 
so we were kind of all on the same page on all that stuff and locations as well. You know, we kind of um, had to steer our location people and like, no, this is what we want, you know. Um, but uh, uh, so, yeah, kind of it kind of works like that. And I'll, I'll do sketches of things. Um, it was kind of fun because like we didn't want like any set to be like ignored, you know, like, um, you know, I, me- I remember there was like this one scene of like Madonna getting her nails done and we're like because of the schedule like well we have to like shoot this in the garage and i'm like well it's not gonna just be the garage so it's like <laughs> we you know built this tiny weird set like in the garage <laughs> of of the of of daniel's daniel's mansion wow and um and shot that there um, <laughs> but like uh you know i i just love the like you know focus on like even the little stuff it's like it could be so fun especially since it's like a different time period and things but maybe this is a testament to just how good you and the team were at your jobs but it it, it just seems like it's not even a set it just seems like these are just like you found a place and it's just like oh okay this will work because it just it seems perfect well the the mansion that mansion we did find and it was so funny because like you know locations can be sensitive things and so like you know this is this woman's house and we're all being like this place is bananas that it looks like this <laughs> and so you know i was my job to go around to the crew and be like don't act don't show how crazy this is just show that it's a great place and that you love it because we don't want this going away this is the perfect location <laughs> and so yeah you, know, you kind of finesse it with the crew to be like don't blow this don't blow this we we want to shoot here um and obviously like we added you know some craziness to it but the the bones of like that location were so great wow yeah while, while we're on the the mansion there's that that great artwork of uh weird al in the background there and obviously you know the the bust and, and all that stuff yeah yeah that that stuff was so much fun to do yeah i mean our, as i mentioned like Lori west did the uh she did the chair piece it's funny because it's sad because some of that stuff gets lost like it all happened so fast like i think the uh, the portrait of him as a cherub like i think falls during the right out right scene. <laughs> um, yes yes but then there was another portrait that we did yeah, like a, a kind of a Victorian type painting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The... So that piece, this is a random bit of trivia um, that I'll probably also get in trouble for, was a piece I actually created, and the original has a picture of it's David Cross, and it was for Arrested. Oh, really? Yeah, but we. Oh had, wow. We didn't have a lot of money, and I, the artist was still a friend of mine. So I was like, "Could you put Danny Radcliffe's face on this?" Because we, because we never, we never ended up using it for Arrested. Oh wow! Um, and it would save so much time to just do the face. And so he, uh, um, so everybody knows that's actually uh, David Cross's body. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what a did we do them from the match there was another thing i did on the mirror that i don't think really got shot well the one thing we do see when they're we're when they're smoking in bed um it says if money can't buy happiness i guess i'll have to rent it that says it on the mirror yes and that is an al quote of course from something yeah from yeah. this is the life so did you create that or is it just no that happened to be there we got really lucky 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, we, we, we put that on there. I guess, it, yeah, I guess what I was trying to ask was, did you create an entire mirror with that on there or was it just like uh, decals or something? No, that... I, yeah, I did like a, yeah, I did like a, um, a frosted vinyl, I think, or something. Okay. Um, but I'm glad you spotted that because honestly, I thought we, sh- we did it and no one noticed it. So I'm glad. I, I kind of like some of the things like even even though we don't get a great shot of like the al cherub like i kind of like that it's something that you may not notice the first time and then yeah. when you go back and watch it again there's more to find and i i definitely felt like especially you know when when dave and i were watching the film for the first couple times it was in uh actual theater so we couldn't pause we couldn't right. go back so it was sort of just like oh I, I can't wait to see that scene again so i can try and get a better look yeah so you know, I guess some of that gets lost when you do premiere on Roku and, you know, the majority of people aren't seeing it in a, yeah. a theater like that. But it's a really kind of fun experience to have those Easter eggs, even if they aren't super prominent. Yeah, that's great. I know it's something like I wish we could have done even more because obviously there's such a the canon of Al is pretty, uh, pretty deep. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot to pull from. Well, yeah, I mean, there are so many Easter eggs in this film that, that that makes it a lot of fun. And I know we're jumping around a bit, but uh, the, some of the Easter eggs that I love are the menus in the uh, their, their dorm room or apartment, whatever that is, uh, on the refrigerator. You know, the callbacks to UHF. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Spatula City Magnet is one of my favorites. <laughs> and of yeah. course, you know, the Spatula City Magnet is holding up, you know, an Edna's menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, before we head head to the apartment, I wanted to ask you back at the mansion. You know, obviously we have the the big kind of gaudy entrance in in the hall and stuff. But as far as Al's actual bedroom, did you draw any inspiration from when you were working on the Hanson video from Al's actual bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Those are secrets that will die with me. <laughs> so there, there's no crossover from Al's real mansion that were brought into this film. There are in the in the bedroom, his his childhood bedroom. There are a lot of actual Al things in there. Well, let's go there because that's literally where the movie starts. Is in yeah. you know young Al's right. bedroom. Yeah. So we got really into that in the art department. We, um, <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, there's some things you uh, you obviously know, like the Mad Magazines and stuff. Obviously, like he's going to be into sure. that and things yeah. like that. But um, there, what's weird is there's not. And I had asked Al early on for this. I was like, "What you know? What photos can I have that uh, show you know your house growing up and your room and stuff like that?" And and it was funny because he was like, "Well, it doesn't. It's not going to be about that. It's a different. It's a different Al or whatever." I said, "Yeah, but for the kids stuff, I think it would be fun to." be similar right and so he shared photos which are the same photos you've all seen they're all on his website yeah he keeps nothing from the public <laughs> um but uh <laughs> there are very very few pictures from his bedroom ah and it's funny we from the from his house we did go a different way because his his mom like decorated their house beautifully and it's like this like beautiful kind of mid-century like um rattan furniture which was is great, but did not match our story of, of our depressed Pennsylvania <laughs> steel town. Um, right. <laughs> but for the bedroom, I thought it would be great to have things that like kind of are 
the real owl had. And so the first thing I think we got, which I was so excited for, was um, I eBayed. I found a picture of his typewriter that he wrote on. And so we oh, actually found cool. the, the exact ty- typewriter. Oh, awesome. Got that. <laughs> and then there was also some pictures of him winning um, different trophies for like spelling and I think debate. And we meticulously, which is <laughs> so stupid because literally no one would know, um, we, recre- we recreated those trophies. And that meant like having to like rent and buy like five trophies to make one trophy that was exactly the same. Like a Frankenstein <laughs> trophy. Yeah, because one would have the top, but the other would have the background. Um, and so we got crazy into it. And the other thing that I knew, I think from just conversations with him over the years, was that, you know, um, he would order um, those crazy things like in the back of comic books. You know, they would have um, those mail order oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, like comic book ads. Like the x-ray oh, right. yeah, specs yeah, yeah. and, you know. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so we went about like trying to find or recreate a lot of those things. So we, we, you know, we remade the x-ray glasses. Um, (laughs) There was like this weird math calculator. He was so good at school. Like, so like he, a big thing was we had like books from the period. Um, You know, he was great in math, great in spelling, obviously. And um, great in basically all his, his classwork (laughs) stuff. So we had like a lot of books that we recreated from that time. But, um, we did a lot of these mail order things from comic book ads, which uh, he really, uh, <laughs> I think he really did have. And so it was, I think, um, I don't even think I can absolutely tell you that my favorite day on set on the thing was when uh, we finished dressing that um, room with this great decorator, Laura Harper, who we worked together and kind of like figuring out like the vibe of this place, which was kind of like a, he wanted his room to be kind of like his mom made it kind of perfect. Like the, you know, the furniture matched and stuff. He probably got it from the Sears catalog or whatever. Um, but it also had this whole layer of what would be, what was Al. Um, right. And um, yeah. So my favorite time was when it was done and I was literally just putting finishing touches on and Al by himself just came in and I'm like, Oh God, Oh God, what is he going to say? And he just was like, he was silent and he just looked around for a long time. And I'm like, Oh God, what's he going to say? And he just looks at me and goes, you have no idea how close this is. Wow. Oh, wow. And I was just like, Oh, that's awesome. Um, because literally we had no, like we had no reference. Like we had, <laughs> like I had this, you know, this photo of his typewriter and like a couple things on his desk but it was kind of just like okay i i know this man i know i know how studious he was but i also knew he had this thing and like what would he have been into during this time and so it was great that i I felt like we kind of got that right and that's really all that mattered to me it's like oh he he's happy i'm happy let's go um we did have a weird thing in that in that set though with um and this annoys all of us to this day. Um, it was in the script that there was a um, Dr. Demento poster in his room. Right. And it's uh, it's this uh, 
not iconic, but it's like a poster that like people that know Dr. Demento would have known. And it was the actual poster that he had. We reshot rain (laughs) at, you know, redoing the poster and like, we're ready to shoot. And, um, the lawyers, um, were like, you can't shoot that. And we're like, what do you, Oh, what, why it's rain Wilson. It's not Dr. Demento. P.S. Dr. Demento is fine with it. Like, right. what? And they're like, no, it's an uh, iconic poster. And we're like, is it? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's not Farrah Fawcett. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, how many people had this Dr. Demento poster? Um, a chunk, but still, like, not to the point where it would be, like, a huge legal thing. Like, it was different enough that the photographer couldn't be like, oh, this is my poster. Um, and so it became a huge deal. And they were like, they're like, well, just take it down or change it. And I was like, well, it's, but this is like, it's been in the script from the beginning. And it was like, yeah, they're like, it, it shouldn't be a big deal. And I go, I think it will be a big deal. And I called Al. I was like, this is happening. He's like, this makes no sense. He's like, I've built my career on parody. I know it pretty well. Right. This this is fine. And um, it was so annoying because I, I honestly don't even remember what we had to do. You would know because you probably have a better move, better um, memory of the movie because you probably saw it more recently. But like, <laughs> we had to cover parts of it with stuff. And it was like it was so annoying. I don't know if you remember from the film, but it's not just the poster. Yeah, I'm looking at a screenshot. The poster's there, but yeah, now that you mentioned it, it looks like about, like, the left half of it is covered by uh, some artwork that a kid might have drawn of, like, the universe, the yeah. sun. It's and, like whatever and his hand was like that. doing or what he was right. holding or whatever, they deemed, like, too close to the original and not, I don't know, it was so annoying. It made all of us crazy, like, Alan, Eric, and I, like, <laughs> lost our minds about it. it oh. I, you know, I, I understand the frustration, but also it looks like a kid's room. It looks like, you know, a kid would have artwork and, and stuff up yeah. that might cover part of it. So it's not, it's not horrible. I think it, it's, I think it's brilliant that you guys did that and have rain in that Dr. Demento pose. I mean, I want one of those. <laughs> oh, so the lawyers have gotten to you, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Um, so, how much is Roku paying you? Uh, <laughs> they promised me a poster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll get you one. I'd like to see. I'd like to see what's underneath the uh, the the universe over there. Yeah. the galaxy over yeah. there. You know, I'd like to see what do, what uh, Rain, aka Doctor Demento, is holding and pointing at. Uh, right. I'm curious. I, I bet can send you the original. I bet he's giving a middle finger. That's my guess. <laughs> No, that. like that would that would almost make sense, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, the the set, you know, the the way this was was mocked up is in. I mean, I've never been to Weird Al's house. I've never been, obviously, to his childhood house uh, inside either to see what his room looked like. I think you said I've never seen pictures of it, but this is pretty much exactly what I imagine based on what I know about Weird Al and he shared from his childhood that his room would look like too. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is exactly what I would have expected. So you not only impressed Weird Al, you also impressed uh, (laughs) me as well. Yay. (laughs) 
That's awesome. And, and me too. I, I mean, I don't think anyone would have any criticism. I think it's it's wonderful. It's just it's it's so perfect, and it, it really it sets the the mood for who Al is, even from a, a young age, which is so great in the film. Yeah. Well, so so we talked about the Doctor Demento poster, but of course, there's also a portrait of Alfred E. Newman. Did you have uh, issues getting? the rights for that or is that something you don't need rights for i don't know how all that stuff works <laughs> it's a nightmare that's all i can say but, um, <laughs> okay we we did and what's funny is we shot um the alfred e newman poster we have in his apartment as well um maybe you actually don't even see it in that but that was the first time we saw it and we only got clearance from the lawyers like something like 15 minutes before we started shooting. no way <laughs> Yeah, it was like this whole oh, thing wow. where it was like it was up and we're like, what's the deal? Can we do this? You know, we had one set of people say it was fine. And but like, oh, you got to wait for those other people. And they're like, we're going to start shooting. Um, <laughs> and it's a big deal. Um, obviously, if you shoot it and have to change it later, I don't know if you've heard about this music video, also known as a video called Bob. <laughs> But um, it, uh, it can be kind of a big deal when you have to change things later, apparently. I don't know. I'm just the art guy. But um, but uh, that was, it was so crazy because literally at the last minute, they're like, it's good. You're good. I'm like, okay, great. Ugh. So, so yeah, that one um, was all signed off on. We did not think that our own poster of our own actor <laughs> would be a problem. <laughs> Of Weird Al's actual friend, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, who who was fine with it? You said right. yes. <laughs> yeah. So there's the portrait of of Alfred e. Newman, and then there's also a couple Mad magazines. How did you decide which Mad magazines to throw in there? Um, we looked at the time period, so we looked at um, ones that fell under that uh, that time that he, you know, those years where he would have had them. Um, and then just kind of chose ones that we thought were kind of more graphic and iconic. Cool. Um, cause you want it to be like an immediate read when you look at it, like, Oh, it's a mad magazine. I get it. And those were, you know, it was funny. It was, he picked up on that when he saw the room, he's like, Oh, I absolutely remember this one. <laughs> it wasn't the actual wow. <laughs> magazine or was it just like a recreation? No, we had to, um, I think we, I think we bought some on eBay and then we had to scan the covers and clean them up um, just because of age and things. Oh, they, okay. you know, they, they change and stuff. So we recreated the covers and then um, uh, put them over other uh, magazines. I don't know where those ended up. And so we talked about there's like some artwork covering up part of Rain's hand and stuff. Do you know where the artwork came from or, or it, what the... Yeah, that, that was probably... Um, Things that uh, our set decorator Laura Harper probably got from a prop house. Okay, you can get cle- you can actually get cleared like kids drawings. It's such a weird <laughs> Hollywood thing. But like, you know, for like twenty five dollars, you could rent uh, eight by ten kids drawing. <laughs> wow! Yeah, oh, that's it's incredible. It's a it's a weird business. So moving from Al's childhood bedroom to the amazing dinner table scene, it's hard for me to watch that scene and not notice that big bowl of mashed potatoes, which just reminds me of the scene (laughs) from UHF. Was that intentional? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) 
as was the Captain Crunch in the apartment. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Before we get too far off the, the house, though, is this actually shot inside of a house, or is this a set that you you created? So this is a crazy story because our location manager, Dan Milner, he pitched this this place, and I was like, what is this place? And he's, he told me about this um campus that was not used anymore as a campus it was just a film set um there's a school which is part of cal poly pomona which is ironic because um yeah cal poly is also where al went to school but a different uh, campus um and so finally it was in pomona which is was kind of far away for us but um we're like yeah let's go check it out and he he kept telling me it was like it's the perfect place it's great i've shot there before it's gonna be amazing and i was like sure sure pal <laughs> um, and so i go i go up by myself and i'm like not three blocks into this place and i was like this place is perfect <laughs> um so this campus is wild because it has a street that's like a cul-de-sac um of homes that were built for like uh, teachers and professors that uh, worked there. Hmm. And it was built in like the forties. So it looked perfect. Wow. All the interiors were done. And then they also had all these other buildings and places. So like we basically, we took this place and used it as our own private movie studio, Um, which is, it's just the best because it saves so much time traveling and like you can just park there. And then as you're prepping stuff, when someone's done with something else, they can come look at it and approve it. Right. Right. Um, wow. So like on, the, on this campus, we shot the, his house. We shot the factory was there. It was like, par- <laughs> it, was, it was some, Oh, cool. it was like the power station for the, um, for the school. <laughs> Um, there were big, there were big warehouses. So we we were able to shoot, like, um, use it as a stage and like do green screen stuff there. If we had to, um, they had this big ass bathroom that we were able to, um, you know, film the, um, the, my Bologna, like, (laughs) uh, recording. It was, it was so great. And so that literally became our campus. It was so funny because we were all, so bummed about driving there the first time and then it was so perfect that i was like i'm happy to drive here yeah (laughs) this is helping our movie so much it was so much production value um and it was great it was uh it's like it's run by this place called riverfront locations and um it was uh we couldn't have done the movie without it so I told Dan Milner every day. I was like, you did it. You were right. You were right. <laughs> this was the right place to be. <laughs> so while we're still with young Al, I know you're doing more, you know, the design work of the of the sets and stuff, but when it comes to something like the accordions that they're using and smashing, is that something that you worked on? We need to stop the interview right there. But we have so much more to cover, so stay tuned for much, much more with Dan on a future episode. But in the meantime, we'd love to once again thank Dan for sharing so much awesome information. We cannot wait for you to hear the rest of this interview series. 
that sound means we have a call on the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of David Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast. Well, all right. Intern Frank, let's hear that message. Hey, David Ethan, this is your old pal, Sheepdog David Grant, a.k.a. MC Chogskin, a.k.a. And I am just, oh, oh, a.k.a. Uh, WolfandWool.com. And I am just calling to wish you a very happy 203rd episode. Unless you play this on the 202nd or 204th episode. In which case, I'm wishing you a happy one of those. Okay, bye-bye! Aw, thank you, David. So nice to hear from you, and thank you for the well wishes. This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota beautiful, it's summer! There is so much to do in Darwin, Minnesota during the summer. For example, you can uh, uh, go to the post office. Yeah, to buy forever stamps, you never know when they're going to raise those prices. Yeah, yeah, or, you know, head over to Darwin Monument to pick out a shiny new gravestone. I mean, you can't put off buying that forever. And maybe you could visit Narducci Hair Design. Narducci? Uh, what hair exactly are they designing? Well, that's one reason to go you can find out. I think I'd rather spend all day in my underwear watching Ernest Goes to Camp. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next sanctioned expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Brito Brito, Wizard Burger, Jackson Scoggins, and Discover Darwin. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend-level Patreon supporters. UH Jeff, Matt, Kenneth, Gus and Alicia, Allison, Adriana, Ajax, Jake, Zeb, Zach, Dana B, Blair, Kev, Javier, Ron, and Scott. Also thanks to Tom Dog and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your very own private RSS feed, which gives you early access to each and every one of our bonus episodes, and the self-satisfaction of doing something very important with your otherwise pitiful, meaningless existence. And now would be a good time to join if you have not already, because you'll be the very first to hear each and every one of our remaining brand new, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes the instant they drop. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds from those purchases go directly towards supporting our fine podcast. We absolutely love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to check out our Facebook community over at group.2000inch.com and make sure you visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rump the Goody related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and guests over at 2000inch.com or weirdalpodcast.com.
And while you're there, click on Ridiculously Self-Indulgent bonus episodes to follow along with our adventures on tour, or Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episodes for our special series, where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his first book, page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, X, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts so you do not miss a single episode. Not only does subscribing help the podcast, it helps soothe our ever-growing egos. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via official patent-pending 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347-SPATULA, as seen in the Illustrated Owl. That number is 347-772-8852. Give it a call, and you might hear yourself on a future episode. Thank you to our guest, Dan Butts, for joining us once again this episode. Also, thank you to Eric Appel, Sam Caswell, Blair Freeman, Mike Minnick, Jason McDonald, Ron Jr., David Grant, Javier Valdez, and Dave's Bartender. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim QoS for an incredible podcast theme song, and thank you to the Emmy-nominated Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you, as always, for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast. And until next time, remember to gill and chill, keep listening to Weird Al, and stay cheesy. Hey, Dave, this new AI voice generator that our intern Frank picked up is really working wonders. It's kind of like you're sitting right here in the studio with me and not really, you know, 5,000 miles away overseas on some frivolous vacation. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed. No glitches so far. I still miss you, though, and I hope the real Dave comes back for the next episode. I like ice cream. Okay, that was weird. Have you seen my chicken? Oh, no, I think this thing's glitching out. How dare you tempt me with your grape-flavored water? Oh, no, my cookie drowned! Follow that car! That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 204-inch. Did you know Anne Frank was a dolphin? Oh, so the lawyers have gotten to you, Ethan.